advantage of the day. Right. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Welcome to another edition of Defending the Kingdom. It's Raiders Week. That's all you need to know. Mitch Holters with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with Chiefs reporter Matt McMullen and the man we call the shop, the barbershop, the Spider-Man, the 10-year NFL veteran, leader in our community, leader in the Chiefs kingdom, Sean Barber. Okay, it's Raiders Week. We want to do three things in this podcast. One is take a look at this upcoming Chapter 1 of the 2021 part of the rivalry. Two, look at some big games in our memory uh, between these two teams, and then look at a couple games that we want to forget, but we have to remember. That doesn't make any sense. But it's not a rivalry if there's not some pain. You understand that? If it's a real rivalry, there's ecstasy and there's pain. But I will say this. We are brought to you by the great folks at 360 Vodka, uh, the official hometown or the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and Chiefs Kingdom and the hometown vodka. That's 360 Vodka. And before we get in, I've heard some from folks uh, in the Chiefs Kingdom, really interesting folks here. Give me yours first because I got one from Sydney, Australia. Yeah, so where are people listening to Defending the Kingdom? We add a new country or two like every single week, <laughs> it seems like. I, it's amazing. Um, so this week we have a listener in Kuwait. He's been a Chiefs fan since 1992, so reaching the Middle East. And also mm. uh, a listener in Romania. So we have Eastern Europe, then several across the country. So we have Riley in Maine, Dylan in Jacksonville, Jermaine in Buffalo, and Nathaniel in Richmond, Virginia. He's a Richmond Spider, a grad. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The spiders, yeah. man, caught up in the web, <laughs> caught up in the web. You are, baby. James Rosenberg, he uh, listens to the, uh, Defending the Kingdom and watches from time to time from Sydney, Australia. And here's another really interesting one because we're wearing our salute to service caps, right? The next two weeks, we're going to be emphasizing, of course, the salute to service uh, in the Chiefs' Kingdom and some of the most important military installations in the world mm-hmm. are right here. They are right here within two hours of GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. But a two-star general, General Martin, General Greg Martin, a two-star general, West Point graduate, started at the University of Maine, an old UR uh, rival, the Black Bears, and uh, went to West Point. But he grew up in New England, but we've made him a Chiefs fan. But Greg Martin, a retired two-star general, is a Defending the Kingdom podcast uh, aficionado. That's awesome. Love them, man. I just love these people that are coming in from all over the world. CAA is representing hard. Yeah. Right? The Colonial <laughs> Athletic Association, Richmond, Virginia. Man, I got to love it. If Spiders. you're at another CAA school that you uh, love defending the kingdom, let us know. Uh, but great to hear from Kuwait. If he's been there since 91, he's seen a whole lot of stuff. Uh, not all good. But anyway, let's jump in now to this Chiefs Raiders week. Uh, let's take the current version uh, of this matchup. And, Shop, I'll start with you a little bit. This Raiders team is setting at 5-3. and three. Man, they have been either hot or cold. They're just not much middle with these guys. Man, I've been calling the Raiders the fool's goal of the league since the beginning of the year. Um, a, a couple of uh, really tricky uh, last-minute wins by field goal, overtime, stuff like that. Uh, just catching teams on an on off day. But obviously a win is a win, and they're hard to come by in the NFL. So, um, you know, th- their record is 5-3. and three. They're leading right now the AFC West. And they, they need to play like that. They need, they, they've been playing okay ball, turning the ball over way too much, too many penalties, normal rate of way of playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, it's, a, it's like a system of organized confusion. And that's kind of their norm. It's kind of like they, they, they play best when things are uh, uh, highly penalized, a lot of confusion going on. 
um, a lot of turnovers. That that's the nature of the game. They want to muck it up. They want the game to be as the waters to be as muddy as possible, and just to give them a chance to win at the end of the game. Um, but I, I believe going into this game, we've cleaned some things up on our side of the ball, and we look to play uh, not perfect, but close to perfect football. No turnovers. Um, converting, obviously, getting the big chunks on first and second down, uh, making short, manageable third downs, and keeping the, uh, the game manageable for the quarterback position and for our defense to just go play ball. You can also find on social uh, Kingdom Conversations that Matt and I do as part of our Hy-Vee Chiefs mm -hmm. Insider Show. We got into this a little bit in that, but this Raiders team now, there's one thing that catches your eye offensively. They've been a high-volume passing team. They have 42 20-plus completions. That's the most in the NFL. That does get your attention. It does. Yeah, Derek Carr is having a pretty good year offensively in terms of volume, at least. He has the third most passing yards in the NFL right now. And this Raiders team really goes the way of Derek Carr if you look at the numbers. So uh, in their five wins this season, Derek Carr is completing 70% of his passes, throwing 10 touchdowns to just three interceptions. He's averaging almost 10 yards per attempt, so that's incredible. And uh, he has a passer rating north of 110. But in their three losses this year, Completion percentage drops by seven points, three touchdowns, four interceptions, averaging six yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 74. That might seem obvious, but at times you see quarterbacks have good games and losses, right? It's other reasons uh, why they lost. Derek Carr this year, if he plays well, the Raiders tend to win, and if he does not play well, they do not win. And passer rating is by no means a perfect stat. It's actually a very flawed stat in many ways. Uh, but it kind of works in this case because when his passer rating is 89.5 or higher this season, they're undefeated. But when it's lower than that, they've lost all three games. So uh, the key in this game is getting after Derek Carr. Don't let him get comfortable early on. It's funny because early on, through much of Derek Carr's career, he always really struggled against the Chiefs. Last year, he played two really solid games. So hopefully it's more of the former uh, in this one where Derek Carr is not playing very well. He's been pressured quite a bit this year and hasn't had a ton of success under pressure. Look at last week. Uh, the Giants blitzed him over and over again through two interceptions last week. So uh, looking for Steve Spagnuolo to dial up some pressure on Derek Carr and hopefully throw some interceptions early on. Yeah, if you play fantasy football in Kuwait or Sydney, Australia, or you're a retired two-star general, don't play it with passer rating or just <laughs> passing yards. Do it for realistic here. you got to do touchdowns, interceptions, red zone. They're 27th in the red zone. That's the other thing that kind of uh, gives you the honk, the horn uh, on these guys. But he does have five 300-yard passing games. Now, I'm going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself. To your point, he's 5-0 and when he throws for 300 yards. But, Shop, here's where I'm going to pivot in this discussion. Three years in a row, the leading receiver for the Raiders has been the tight end, whether it was Jared Cook or Darren Waller. Now, here's Darren Waller back. But when Darren Waller's healthy, now this is a much different team. And they like to use him in the way the Chiefs use Kelsey. Definitely. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's like a comfort, comforting. He's like a security blanket for the quarterback. Um, it's hard to blitz from that position. It's hard to match up man-on-man. -man. So what you saw in that Giants game is what the Giants did was, yeah, they brought, brought pressure, but they still um, had some spies. They had, they, had, they had enough people playing kind of a zone technique behind it, and I think that kind of confused Derek Carr because he almost almost assumes every time he feels pressure, it's man, and he's going to throw a cross or he's going to throw um, a route that's running away from man. And sometimes the, the, the Giants, I think, caught him um, you know, kind of a little bit behind the eight ball, and he threw it into coverage. Easy picks were given up um, that game, and I think it's just showing showing them one thing and then doing something else, bringing pressure from one side and then dropping back in the zone or showing pressure and dropping everybody back. Anything like that, it seems to throw him off his game. Now, if you're going to go straight man, straight blitz, they got vertical presence, right? They, got, they just signed to Sean Jacks. They got vertical presence. They got a tight end that's 
tough to match up with one on one. And then they also have Ray Braylon Edwards. He he's an emerging receiver, um, and he's definitely um, kind of showcased to be an up and coming guy, uh, making a lot of big plays um, throughout the season. Yeah, and I'm going to get to something. We're going to get Matt's thought, but the ISO Y position is what they call it, and the yep. Chiefs love it. In fact, the Chiefs kind of brought it into the league, and that is you take the tight end. He's a single-side wide receiver. Now, he's a Y. That's what you, the letter you give to the tight end. But so many times the Chiefs will run three by one, and that single guy is Travis Kelsey. Well, guess who does it second most in the league? The Raiders. And they do it with Darren Waller. Yeah. He's a single-side ISO Y. I'm going to ask you about defending that in a second because it, it is problematic. But the tight end is a big part of this. The running backs, too. We talked about a little bit on Kingdom Conversations. Kenyon Drake was targeted eight times in that Giant game, and the Giants did the same thing to Patrick Mahomes in the second half here. They confused him with that spy kind of man-zone combo. It's kind of the thing we were worried about in the Packers game is how they get their running backs involved in the passing game. Because Kenyon Drake is athletic, one of the more athletic running backs and dynamic running backs in the NFL. And he's a great compliment to Josh Jacobs, who's kind of a bowling ball kind of running back. Jacobs this year has had kind of a weird season, though. It hasn't really been a great season statistically, at least for Josh Jacobs. Mm. Uh, Josh Jacobs is averaging 3.8 yards per attempt. He's yet to top 100 yards in a game rushing, which is crazy for Josh Jacobs because mm -hmm. you think of Jacobs as one of the better running backs in the NFL. Is coming off one of his better uh, games of the season, though. He had four rushes of double digit yardage last week against the Giants you can't have arm tackles against Josh Jacobs and even though Derek Carr has had a lot of success throwing the football this year with the volume of passing I still think you want to shut down the run early you don't want to let those short passes to Kenyon Drake get involved and make Derek Carr beat you with that volume passing game yes. and if he beats you with that so be it but We've seen a lot of Derek Carr over the years, and that's the way that you beat these guys is you force Derek Carr to throw the ball 50 times. And if the Chiefs force him to throw the ball 50 times, they'll like their chances. Yeah, and here's the thing, and I love Josh Jacobs. Tulsa kid, right, uh, was under-recruited. But I think we're also seeing the influence of a lot of snaps here. Remember, he had broke 69 tackles his rookie year in 2019. Uh, like 65% of his yards were after contact. But we see this with running backs. He's had chest. He's had leg. He's had ankle. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff going on with him. I like him, appreciate him, and Kenyon Drake is a good uh, compliment for him. We're going to ask you the one thing about the ISO Y, and then we're going to jump to the other side, where I think is the most dangerous part of this Raiders team. But the ISO Y, when you have these tight ends that line up as split ends, the Chiefs kind of brought it into vogue, but now the Raiders want to do it too. As a defense, what kind of problem does that give you? Well, I think what you have to do is just make a decision whether you're going to uh, jam that receiver right at the line of scrimmage, get him off the timing uh, to try to get the quarterback to go away from him, or do you play him uh, kind of with off man, let him make his move, make his route, uh, give him a two- or three-yard catch, um, anything short, and then come up and make a strong tackle. Uh, most tight ends don't have the vertical speed um, that makes him that much of a threat. But like you said, Darren Waller, he has the vertical speed, he has the athleticism, um, he's kind of a freak of nature playing that, playing that wide position. So um, you can't put just any old linebacker on there, but we have some really good ones. Yeah. Willie Gay would be an awesome matchup one-on-one -on -one with him. We know Willie Gay can go sideline to sideline. He's an ultra-elite um, athlete himself, um, and he has great hands and great nose for the football. So I would love to see Willie Gay 50 um, go mano-a-mano one-on-one against Darren Waller and uh, just take him out the ball game. And I'll add one thought on that, too, because we talk about Darren Waller a lot because he is a freak of nature. He's mm -hmm. big. He's physical, and he'll get like 10 targets a game. He has the third most targets among all tight ends in the NFL this year, despite missing some time. But another guy to watch is Hunter Renfro. 
in this yeah. passing game. And Hunter Renfro, he's the opposite of Darren Waller in a lot of ways. He's not physically imposing. I mean, he's five foot ten, 185 pounds. But we saw what he did last year against the Chiefs in that Week 5 loss, kind of a shocking loss, right? And the biggest play, in my opinion, of that game, it was third and forever, and Derek Carr found – uh, Hunter Renfro for a 42-yard gain, and the Raiders kept rolling after that. Uh, Hunter Renfro leads this team in receptions and receiving touchdowns, and also on third down, he has 10 catches this year that have moved the chains for the Raiders. So if it's third and five, like that's the key to this game, right? Third and five, third and six, get the Raiders off the field, get the Chiefs back on the field. Got to keep an eye on Hunter Renfro in this game. Yeah, in fact, we talk about Tyreek Hill, who's number one in the league right now on third down catches, four first downs. 18 of them. Yep, awesome. And the fact that Renfro's pretty close. He's really close on catches overall on third down and then how many go for first downs because you can catch one on third and 18 for six, and that doesn't work. But anyway, where is the Raider team the most dangerous before we get into history here? And that is, to me, the pass rush. Their pass rush might be the best the Chiefs have seen. Their ratio of quarterback pressures is the best in the National Football League, right around 40%, which is crazy good, Mm. and about 8% higher than the next closest team, the Browns. When you put Ngakwe on one side with Max Crosby, who's the Jared Allen of our time, now all of a sudden you have those two cats. Uh, We haven't seen this since Cleveland in week one. Those two guys on pressure, and then you jump in here, Matt. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you got to do something with your formations. Uh, Whenever you bring a tight formation, you bring the tight end, you bring running backs um, right on that wing position, right outside the nine technique so they can bump them before they go out. Um, Whenever you have uh, Crosby and you have Ngakwe, whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> come in with that speed rush off the edge, you put a little presence right there and give them a little, little, little rib shot. Every time they go back, give them a couple rib shots. Those guys, uh, they slow down. They slow down a lot. And then you talk about toss, crack, and do different things like that. Get on the perimeter with the jet screens and the jet sweeps. Um, and then always that, that, that crack block. That's got to be a, 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 a point of emphasis. You're not just blocking them to take them out to play. You actually got to block them to almost try to take some steam out of their engine. You want to slow those guys down. Mm-hmm. Um, a block in the first and second quarter can slow down that pass rush in the third and fourth quarter and help you win the ball game. Yeah, I totally agree. The one thing you cannot allow to happen in this game is to let Ngakwe and Max Crosby pin their ears back and just go after you. You have to keep them thinking about, are you going to run the football? Uh, and like you mentioned, jet sweeps, things like that. And also, we've seen this the last several weeks where the Chiefs are doing these uh, these wide passes to the sideline that basically act like runs. And these have been very effective with guys like Tyreek and, and Nicole Hardman. If you can do those kind of things, all of a sudden, Max Crosby, Yannick, and Ngakwe have to make sure they're, uh, they're keeping their eye on those things. So I think that's how you can keep this pass rush at bay. We have to keep in mind here, Ngakwe is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I think when guys get traded a lot or move around a lot, you kind of forget about them as elite players. He spent uh, basically one season with three teams, but he's still one of the better pass rushers in the NFL this year. He has six sacks, and Crosby leads the NFL in pressures this season. He has five sacks. So got to make sure you're not letting these guys pin their ears back. The good news is the Chiefs offensive lines played pretty well the last couple weeks. They're starting to gel. And Orlando Brown Jr. had one of his best games, according to Pro Football Focus at least, uh, last week against the Packers. So hopefully they can keep that rolling here against these edge rushers. And a couple things we don't know about the right tackle situation yet. It's probably going to be a game-time decision. It'll go right up to the inactives an hour and a half before. But whomever's over that right tackle, and if it's Wiley, and you have either one of those cats over there, get a good night's sleep. Yeah. The <laughs> other thing is, I saw this with Andy Reid when he was going up against Von Miller uh, and when the Broncos were in their heyday. He, coach is so good at the jet action. Now, people are just waiting on our shifts and motions now. They're just like, what, just let me know when you're done with all that, right? <laughs> but the Jet's different. 
because that ball might be coming at you. Yes. And so one thing to slow down those guys, I love your idea about the crack blocking, man. I love crack blocking. <laughs> As a little dude in high school, it's like, go crack that guy. It's like, that's my only shot. But I love it. Because then they're looking out of the corner of their eye. Yes, they right? are. Now, did you ever crack block somebody? No, I never had a shot at Did you ever have a crack block on you? Hans Ward, many Ooh. a time. All right. That's giving me shivers. Yeah, Steve Smith Jr. Oh. <laughs> okay. both, both of those two guys, right. some of the best. Yeah. Let me take a breath here. All right. But anyway, uh, an exciting game coming up here uh, with this Chiefs and Raiders rivalry. I do like where the Chiefs defense has been, though. 100%. The last two weeks. People want to give it kind of discredit. them, like, hey, against Jordan Love. I said, even defending those fades. When we saw Snead and we saw Seward defend those fades, I said, you can put a jugs gun out there. Oh, and just pop it up there for Devontae Adams. That's a hard play to defend. But we're starting to see the defense starting to click. Yeah, I think we're starting to see some of the, um, the payoff from how um, we kind of sharpened our teeth. You know, we, 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 we went through some growing pains in the first couple weeks of the season. And people were like, why are we playing these different guys and these different personnels? And why are we stuck in so much man with no help? It's a, it's a growing – you know, you, you, you grow as the season goes. And we put some, some chapters together. We put some – uh, we stacked some film together, and now the guys actually have some confidence. They know what they can do. They know at what point in the field um, that they can play true inside man and, and uh, force the ball to go someplace, and they trust themselves. They trust their own athleticism. C. Ward, man, he played an awesome game yeah. all night long, and, and also with uh, Snead. Um, both of them together, uh, I think, did a great job on Devontae Adams last week. But they played with a lot of confidence ego and arrogance and you got to be that when you're playing against these alpha dogs and all three levels are getting involved so the pass rush the defensive line of 49 percent pressure rate on jordan love last week the linebackers getting involved saw willie gay jr have interceptions uh, in back-to-back weeks uh, and then also the corners like we've been talking about here outstanding play i mean legerius sneed and charverius ward maybe each turned in their best outings as chiefs against the packers so Yes, it's the Giants. Yes, it's the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. But you can only play who's lined up against you, right? And the Chiefs defense played really, really well against these guys. And hopefully they can use that to get some mojo going moving forward uh, because we'll need it moving forward. But I like Shop's phrase. And you and I have talked about this too, both on rewind or field pass, stacking them up. You have one good half, and then you you back up. You're like, "Ah, same old, same old. Now they're stacking it. Mm -hmm. And now you're almost close to flipping. Speaking of stacking it, because of what the special teams did last week. You get a muff punt, you pin them down inside the 15 four times mm. with a 56-yard net average. It's one of the greatest of all time. You know the offense is coming, and you flick every light, and that's when it gets good. Yeah. Well, and keep in mind here with the defense, no one wanted to give the Chiefs any credit for the defensive performance against the Giants, right? Well, the Raiders just lost to the Giants, so give the Chiefs some credit for shutting down what the Giants can do. I know they're not the best offense in the NFL, but once again, you can only play who's up against you any given Sunday an offense can bring something, and the Chiefs' defense in back-to-back weeks has really brought it. Let's keep that going here against the Raiders. Hey, I don't care where you're listening or watching Defending the Kingdom. Go find 10 people and play the Giants' defense <laughs> and give me a call and see how that went. That, that group can play. All right, let's pivot here. A reminder, Defending the Kingdom is brought to you by uh, 360 Vodka, Kansas City's hometown vodka and the official vodka of the Chiefs' kingdom. Let's get into a little bit of fun and history with the rivalry here. Right. Uh, Matt and I go back to our boyhood. Now, my boyhood's a little bit further back than Matt's. You didn't know that. But, you, <laughs> but uh, honestly, your play against Rich Gannon is probably one of the most forgotten defensive plays in this rivalry. Because when you brought it up like a couple months ago, I went back and looked. I'm going, oh, my gosh. 
But you might have ended Rich's career. Man, I mean, I, I take no pride in that. Obviously, I'm very humble about my career. And, um, but I did play with a little bit of a, a ego. I played with a little bit of nastiness. Um, um, I know we call Dirty Dan is the guy now, but um, maybe Nasty Barber was the <laughs> the, uh, the nickname that maybe I should have went by when I played. I mean, I, I didn't want to injure a person. But I definitely, when I when I hit you, I wanted to hurt you. I wanted to, I want you to feel um, how hard I worked, how much I sacrificed to get to you. And when I took you down, I was I was taking you down with a purpose. Um, and so when they, you know, we we, we came off with a, uh, we called it a, a SWAT blitz. So it's the same man wheel coming off the edge. They checked protection. They thought they went max protect. Tight end didn't hear it. He released. Oh. Uh, he released out into the route, but um, the blitz got there too fast. I was right up under. Old Gannon's um, shoulder pads, and just buried him in the ground. And uh, you could tell something when he hit the ground, it, it, it something popped. Something didn't oh. feel right in his arm. Uh, and, that's, and that's just part of the game, man. It's part yeah. of the game. It comes with the territory. Um, but, yes, of, of the uh, Raiders week, um, playing three seasons here with the Chiefs, um, I'm born and, and raised in this environment of how we have a passionate dislike for the Raiders. The entire <laughs> week, not just game day, that once the week, the game before the Raiders game is over, that Monday is no more Victory Monday. It's Raider Week. That entire week, every day of practice, it's like double down on your film study. Double down on the vitamin C, the vitamin D. Get extra nutrients, extra rest. It's going to be a bomb. Like, like it's going to come down to the end. It's going Every game you should expect against the Raiders to come down to the fourth quarter. Somebody's got to make a play. No one cares about the records anymore. Because we want to beat them that bad, and they want to beat us that bad. And um, that, that's been the, an environment and the attitude ever since I played here. Um, and it was great to do some research about my own history. I'm undefeated against the Raiders. Oh, There you go. Even though it's only two games. Hey, it works. <laughs> Fist pump. Don't leave me hanging. Yeah. It's Raider week. <laughs> and I, I, okay, so I, I love to hear from folks in agriculture this time of year, too. And they'll send me tweets that they're listening. Or they'll, they'll be listening to Defending the Kingdom, right? And they're out there harvesting beans or corn or uh, Milo. But it's Raiders week, and you just know that combine goes a little faster mm. when they're listening to this going, yes, Raiders week. So, salute to agriculture, by the way. I'm going to give you one uh, highlight of this series, and it kicks me back to my very beginning childhood, but I would get my old 16 jersey on and go out and act like I was playing the game. But to study this rivalry, the, the last ever AFL game, the 1969 AFL championship, won by the Chiefs in Oakland. Mm. That set up Super Bowl four uh, to beat the Vikings. There are so many forgotten moments in that. The America's Game series, when they went back through that and showed all the – where the Chiefs are backed up at their own one-yard line and, and uh, Lenny throws the wobbler out there and it's cop Otis Taylor and he's really out of bounds. If it would have been this day and age, it would have been, dis, it would have been disallowed. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But we, it counts. <laughs> and, and so that just turned it on. So, and, you, and the funny thing, if you get to see the video of this game, Watch it when they, the official is running right towards Stram. It's right in front of Stram on the Chiefs' sideline, and he's going incomplete, incomplete. And Stram's just in his ear, and then he goes, nope, nope, it's a catch, it's a catch. It's hilarious. <laughs> but that just opened the door. Lenny got hot, and that just set up a Super Bowl championship. Uh, but that game, really what it meant, might be the biggest of all time for Chiefs winning the series. But, Matt, some of your positive moments. Yeah, so I have two, two separated by 10 years. So let's go to 2006. <laughs> okay. I'm in like middle school. We got the same one coming up. But yep, yep. Um, you guys know me and you've watched games with me at this point. We can't yell or scream, except for you, for the most part in the press box. But 
I still am just a ball of anxiety and stress the entire time, and I'm just watching it just locked in, and we've had some chances to watch some games together. I'm just He's a great spotter, stoic, by the way. Great spotter. Just like, you know, just sweating, you know, quietly. Well, I've always been that way, even in 2006. I have seen the fist pump, though. You know, yeah, quiet, you know. I'm just like, no, it's, like, it's like this fist pump, like he's going to, man, he's going to blow out his forearm. Well, I also beat my chest every once in a while, I which I tell too, yeah. Ellie, my wife, about that. She's like, Matt, you're going to embarrass yourself. You can't do this or hurt yourself. I'm like, but Chiefs are winning, you know. But anyway, um, 2006, it is week 11, mm-hmm. all right? The Aaron Brooks-led Raiders <laughs> are driving down the field, okay? Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are winning by four points. There is 30 seconds left. Randy Moss is on this Raiders team. They're moving right down the field. And I'm just like, you know, I'm standing up. My hands are on my knees. I'm just huffing and puffing as, you know, a very anxious middle schooler. And uh, Jared Page, who I think was a rookie that year, a seventh-round pick out of UCLA, I think, picks off Aaron Brooks in the end zone. It was intended for Randy Moss. The Chiefs won the game. And I'm just like, (laughs) you know, we won. And uh, I, I don't know. For me... As a kid growing up, it was those kind of games that made me a Chiefs fan because I'm like, this is so awesome. Like, I'm so stressed out. What do I do now? But that was so much fun. Ten years later, 2016, I was an intern with the Chiefs, and this is one of my favorite sports memories, non-playoff sports memories of all time. It was Tyree Kill's rookie season, and it was a huge game against the Raiders because the Raiders were really good that year. That was the year that Derek Carr was, like, getting MVP talk. Mm -hmm. Let's set it up because it's one of mine, too. The Raiders were 10-2. and Yeah. The Chiefs were Mm 9-3. and Jack Del Rio – had to come on the road on a Thursday night. He just mm-hmm. freaked him out, but he set it up. Yeah, it, the Raiders wanted to beat us so, so bad. bad. <laughs> and, yeah. and they were good. Let's give them credit. They were good. And in that game, Tyreek Hill, there was a penalty. So he got a second shot to return a punt. And when he went back there to return this punt, the crowd, naturally, there was no uh, beckoning from the PA system to get them to do this. They just started chanting, Tyreek, Tyreek. It just spread throughout the stadium. And I got chills. I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, he's a rookie. And then he, he, how often do you see it where that happens and the player answers with a huge, gigantic play? And that's what happened. He returned it for a touchdown. Uh, and it was one of the coolest, just organic, awesome non-playoff sports moments I've ever seen. I get chills just thinking about it. And for me, that was when Tyreek Hill arrived. Since then, he's been the cheetah, you know. And, and that play, for it to happen against the Raiders was just awesome. That game, too, is on my list uh, of positives. But really, and it's interesting because uh, I do radio hits all throughout the week. I'm on Omaha every week on Wednesday. Uh, and they'll play the highlight. And I go, first down, I, I freak out on a first down because that was the first down to seal that game. What that game meant, that was the first of five AFC West titles in a row. Chiefs have won it every year since then. That night was also the night, uh, the, and the punt return is the biggest thing, and Alex Smith still says it's one of the coolest things he's ever seen. But that also was the night that Kelsey and Hill came together as this dynamic duo as receivers because Tyreek also had a 36-yard post pattern for a touchdown in that game, and Tyreek became a receiver, not just a returner on that night. And Kelsey was so effective, but it was awesome to see it. Uh, Okay. Playing now, the Chiefs are going to Las Vegas to this brand new stadium, uh, so it's going to be different. But you got to play in the Coliseum. In fact, your hit on Gannon happened on the road. But the whole black hole Coliseum thing, we're going to miss that. Yeah, we're going to yeah. miss going to Vegas, are we're we not? Did the black hole ever get on you? Man, the, I have such vivid <laughs> memories about the black hole. Um, I used to enjoy going to. Oh, that was. And somebody asked me, "What's your favorite uh, place to play besides?" You know, when you're on the, on the road, and it was always Oakland. It was always L.A. It was, it was against the Raiders because the the the, the Raiders fan with the spiked shoulder pads, yeah. all the uh, um, um, all the, uh, the death and the, the the skeletons and crossbones type um, war paint going on. 
Um, the stories about not inviting your friends and family to the game, and if they do, make sure they wear Raiders gear because if they wore any of your gear, they was going to be uh, beat up, bru- uh, you know, uh, made fun of, uh, bullied throughout this, the whole game. Don't, you know, why, just leave them at home. That's not a game um, uh, you want your family and friends to be at. Uh, we're Golden State stuff. Like but, but, we're a but Golden State Warrior thing. Pre-game stretching, and I, I remember seeing this kid. He looked like Dennis the Menace, right? Golden blonde hair, <laughs> about five, six years old. And he's, hey, mister, hey, mister, hey, mister, can you come sign this for me? And I come over there, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, you're a Chiefs fan? He's like, nah, but I just want to tell you, screw you. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, bro, like, you, you're six years old, man. I was like, where's your mom? And she's like, I'm right here. Screw you. <laughs> like, where you think he got it from? <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is a whole different fan base. This is mm. amazing. But I used to I used to feed off that negative energy. And just, I, I think I had some, I mean, two games, um, uh, about eight tackles, one game, seven. So 15 combined tackles, two sacks. Um, um, against the against the, the Raiders, um, it was it was just an amazing atmosphere to take all that negative energy and and, and use it as a as fuel to go out there and just fuel my fire to be even more uh, of, a, of, a, of a of a prick against those Raiders. Man. I, mean, I, I loved I loved it. I loved every minute of it, man. And, I, and I, to this day, uh, some of the guys I got to play against, right, having to be on the opposite side of a Jerry Rice. Oh yeah. Um, as the end of his career. Yep. Um, Tim. Tim Brown. Tim Brown. Tim Brown um, obviously Charles Woodson and, and Rod Woodson. And I think you know, I think they say a lot of those Hall of Famers are coming back to the uh, um, Death Star to be honored before our game. None of that's going to matter. They can bring all the stars, all their, uh, all the glory, all the history of Raider players back. That's not going to have anything to do. Once that ball is kicked off, it's mano a mano, man, to get one on one. It's Batman. It is Raider Week. Can't well, wait. If you know and you're out there listening or are watching us on Defending the Kingdom, and you know where that six-year-old Dennis the Menace kid is with the potty mouth, <laughs> let us know. Okay? In the comment, you know? <laughs> yeah, we got we got to know me. where we got to know where that kid is at. Uh, I got I got to know where that kid is at. Uh, okay, uh, just a thought here, uh, and I, you know, going to Vegas is going to be weird with this because I've spent so many years going to the black hole, and mm. I will not miss the Coliseum, and I'm going to give you. One of my more ignominious memories of that. But still, Matt, uh, is the rivalry going to be the same in Vegas? Well, it's the same because it is the Raiders. Yeah. But it's a little bit different because it's not the black hole. And yeah. I, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of when I became aware of the Raiders. Because it's, I don't remember when I became aware of the Lions <laughs> or, like, the Jaguars. But I remember where I was when I became aware of the Raiders. I was at the Lake of the Ozarks with my dad. We were there for, like, a weekend to go, like, boating around or whatever. <laughs> and we were, watching, uh, we were watching Sunday Night Football. And it was when Randy Moss made his debut for the Raiders. And it was Chiefs Raiders. And before the game, I remember this so distinctly. I don't know how this happened or where they got this. But the Raiders fans in the black hole in the front row had this gigantic, like, 10-foot-long, plush Chiefs player. Like, it was like sandbags with, like, Chiefs stuff painted on. And they were all in unison, all the fans, slamming it up against (laughs) the side of the wall. And I was like, oh, my God. And then as the game went on, Randy Moss had a huge touchdown in that game, and the fans are all just going crazy, and they're showing the people in the Star Wars masks and everything. And I'm just like, I hate these people. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm a little kid at this point. I'm just like, I, I, I can't stand these people. And that's just how it's been my, my entire life. And that's when I became aware of the Raiders. So the, the black hole isn't in Vegas. That's just a reality. It's a very cool stadium. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But yeah. it's, it's, 
there's nothing that's going to be like the black hole. And I regret never getting a chance to actually go there and see it. Uh, but it'll be a little bit different for sure. And while the rivalry is still, of course, amazing and great because of the history between these two franchises, it's a little bit different with the black hole not involved. Yeah, you may not miss the black hole as much as you think <laughs> you will. I know, but I'll just take oh two. It's the year before you became a chief. You're still with Andy Reid in Philadelphia, and we get walloped by him. It's twenty four to nothing, and we're playing in a monsoon. Now that stadium was under sea level. That stadium was under sea level. Okay, uh, and so it's a monsoon. Like this is uh, just rain coming sideways. Sewage was coming up from the bottom of the field. Mm. It was oozing up through the turf. Eric Hicks, you remember E. Hicks, defensive end, (laughs) yells out a slang term for fecal matter that it starts with S, okay? (laughs) And it's people going, hey, 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 hey. He goes, no. And he wipes some of it off his face. Like, I had to get, like, hepatitis and tetanus shots after this game. (laughs) You're not going to miss the Coliseum. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you. That was not one of my greatest moments of getting in a monsoon in 02 at the Coliseum. Uh, The other one was the 1999 Y2K Bowl. We all thought the earth was going to end. Yeah. Uh, because everything's going to go zero, 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 and then we're all going to die. And the Chiefs played the Raiders, had a 17 to nothing lead. If they win the game, they're going to win the division. And the Raiders rally and Seabass. No, it was not Seabass. Joe Nedney kicked a game-winning field goal for a walk-off, and then uh, that was that. But here we go. It's, uh, it's uh, Raiders week. Say it with me on three. We're all going to say it together. It's... Raiders Week! And finally, as we close out this edition of Defending the Kingdom, if you run into a kid that looks like Dennis the Menace with a potty mouth, make sure you react accordingly. Touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead!